Hey, Steven, you there? Yeah, brother, I'm here. All right, just making sure, man. That was a that was a crazy roller coaster, man. Yeah, I, yeah. I had to bring myself back to reality a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it was nuts. Uh, it's it's it was a humbling humbling episode for sure. Um, it really puts a lot of things into perspective and 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 a feeling of you know that you do have good friends out there. They are, and you can come by good people in this life and, you know, people that, you know, you can call close friends. Oh, definitely. The other beautiful part is it really just goes to prove that, you know, stereotypes are bullshit. It doesn't matter where you are, who you're from, what race, religion, preference, anything. None of that matters. You know, he, this was just a stand up example of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, you know, the other thing is, it's just that, you know, that like we talk about, man, the brotherhood and, you know, us standing all together and helping one another and paying it forward and doing all those things are, are important and that they do go miles and, and they do show. For sure. I mean, there's nothing greater than watching someone go from, I know nothing, like have never touched a bow, and in this case, a wire hanger, <laughs> to... Yeah. To completing your first running bow hunt on a turkey. See, and my problem with this is, is this, right? So there's a lot of people out there that start off like that, okay? And then they think that they are the best or, you know, they learn this or they watch that and now they, you know, they think that they're the best or, you know, they're better than everybody else. But in reality, man, like... You need to take the step back, relax, hold yourself, and really, you know, teach yourself and learn. Um, and I think with the guest tonight, you definitely, you you realize a lot of that. Um, oh, yeah. That, that you need, you need to be the way that Cliff is, man. And you need to, you it's okay to say that you need to learn or that you're new or so on and so forth, man. Because if not, you're going to make yourself look like an idiot. <laughs> definitely well uh, speaking of idiots you think we ought to uh just do a real quick catch up and recap on what we've been up to or what i should say you've been up to <laughs> stop bro <laughs> <laughs> fucking what, slaying it no but what what happened with you man <laughs> i mean uh, i think we should talk about that if we must because no well that's the reality of all of this no no i agree with you uh, and actually, like I said, it turned out good in the end as far as, yeah, for as far <laughs> as it could go, it could have right. gone a lot worse. And in my mind for of a course. little while, I thought it was going to go a lot uglier. Uh, so basically yesterday morning, I got up at zero four and hauled my ass out to this new property that I had and Parked the truck, made the hike in where I'd gone in the day before, set up the blind, left the decoys there, left my camera tripod, the chair, everything set up because I was real tight to where these birds were roosting. I mean, within a hundred yards and they were flying down to literally right in front of my blind on the mornings that I wasn't there. So I figured I'm going to set up there, you know, get in real early. You know, my plan was to be in the blind by 430 just to make sure I didn't bump anything no sound, all the gears already set up. I just had to set up the camera, set the bow on the freaking bipod and was ready to rock. 
Well, thankfully you didn't leave the camera there. Oh, no, no. You know, I'm stupid, but I'm not that stupid. So, got there, parked, made the John in. Got to where the blind should have been. And, of course, it's pitch black. It was overcast, so there was no alum. And I'm going, I know it's it's back in the tree line by one of these big oaks. And I pulled up my map, and I'm looking. I said, well, the pin's right there. It should It should be right here. And I walked over and started looking. I was like, oh, no. I said, screw it. I turned on my freaking light. I'm looking around. I was like, yep, that's definitely uh, where my shit was. There were boot prints in there. Looked back in the field. There were fresh tire tracks driving through the field to it. And at that point, I just kind of accepted the fact that I'd been had. Somebody had came in and somebody janked all of my shit. And I was a little bit livid. So I hauled that, went straight back to the truck, threw my shit in the truck sat down and sent a message over to the landowner and said, Hey, here's the situation, blah, 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 blah. Sent him pictures of my pins and everything. So I could assure that I was on the property line and drove home, just said, fuck it, drove home. And, uh, about nine o'clock or so the landowner replied and said, Hey, I'm going to reach out. I'm going to talk to the leases. I'm going to talk to some of the local or the farmers around the property uh, I reached out to a couple of my buddies that I know have farms around there. And by 3.30, we finally nailed down who had my shit. And, uh, I mean, you can't ever underestimate the power of the uh, the farmer's network. They know everyone. And they know everything. And was finally able to get the guy's information. The landowner contacted him and wanted to know, hey, you know, Why'd you take his shit? He was there legally. It's all documented. Everything was correct. Well, apparently I was in a gray area where they were having kind of property line disputes. And it turns out that the property that we'd agreed to is actually broken into four different sections. And when we had signed the paperwork, that wasn't part of it. It was the entire chunk of property. And he, the, uh, the guy who took it leases that particular piece for cattle and was under the assumption that there was zero hunting allowed as part of his lease. So he thought someone was in there trespassing. So he took my shit, took it back. Um, I finally reached out to him. It took me a little bit. I had to kind of calm myself and said, look, can we meet down here? I'd like to get my stuff back. Apologize for any inconvenience or whatever, trying to be polite. And he kind of came off as a dick. Like, there for a little while, it was touch and go. Like, even one of the other local farmers is like, yeah, the guy's kind of got a reputation. Um, if you want, I'll come with you. I, I'd be more than happy to uh, hold him down while we get shit back, basically. So, nah, man, we don't need to go that route. It's not a big deal. But uh, arranged time and a meetup. Met with the guy. And, you know, I presented myself well. I made sure I was cleaned up, clean cut. You know, didn't want to look like a complete scumbag because you never know. You know, the guy's got leases and he may work with you in the future. You may have contact with him in the future. Why burn a bridge if you don't have to? And that's really hard for me. For anyone who knows me, that's hard for me to do. I tend to just go off. Like if I have an impression, that's fucking it. Well, met the guy. He pulled up and... I mean, just instantly started grabbing the shit out of his truck and throwing it in my bed like, hey, how are you? Blah, 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 blah. And we 
you know, I'm trying to just, hey, appreciate it. Thanks for taking your time. Thanks for meeting me. You know, sorry about this. And he got to talk and kind of looked at me and goes, well, I can't judge you. He goes, I seen the paperwork. I know you did everything legally. In your mind, everything was correct. Um, saw the, the maps that you had looked at and agreed to. And, you know, it's just a miscommunication. So I, I don't hold it against you. I have no ill will. I was like, oh, that's great. And he looks at me and I had my, uh, my elite hat on. He goes, but I can't really be mad at you because at least you got the right hat on. Oh, <laughs> and I just kind of looked at him and grinned. I said, yeah, I, I'm, I'm team elite. I, I will represent them proudly. And he goes, yeah, I'm, I'm shooting uh, an option six that I've had for a few years. And it, it's a great little bow. You know, and of course I had the the ritual in the back, so I opened it up. I was like, "Yeah, here here's my baby." You know, kind of get that going. Showed him the Zeus. I was like, "Yeah, well, we're trying to get some film, run these broadheads through some birds, see what they'll do." And we ended up sitting there talking for about forty five minutes. And by the end of it, you know, he's like, "Look, I've got some other leases over here that we're allowed to hunt. Uh, right now, they're leased out to other hunters, but if they don't renew their leases for next year, I'll give you a call." You know, so. Ultimately, I was able to keep my shit, get my shit back, and have a conversation that may open up opportunity in the future, which is shocking for me because usually I would have just got my shit and been like, fuck off and leave. Yeah, well, it's a lesson learned at this point. Yeah, you know, just just trying to do the right thing. Just uh, I'm just glad that I did everything legally. It was by the book. It was documented because ultimately doing that and going in there with a clear mind and treating him like a human being. He treated me like a human being. You know, it went from something that could have been an argument and ugly and give me my shit back and fuck you. And I'm out of here into a good conversation, laughs, jokes, you know, talked a little shit, uh, even talked about getting some beers and possibly had the opportunity to get some more property in the future. So that's hey, awesome. Like I said, that's on a the, success, that's a successful day. Yeah. Yeah. And on come back. When I got back to the house, I, I kind of had to vent, really just needed to get it off my chest. So I, I put the my my live piece up on Instagram, just venting, and it I said something in there, it just keeps coming back to me, and I can't preach it enough, you know. You really can't do wrong if you just be a good fucking human being. That's really what it boils down to. Treat other people with respect. They'll treat you with respect. If they don't, they don't matter. So. Amen. But. Totally agree. Uh, you know, some negative turned into possible positive, but uh, nowhere near as positive as your day was. Yeah, well. <laughs> um, No, it didn't start off all that positive, man. And as you guys all know from, you know, the beginning here, say Monday, um, Monday was a heartbreak of a day, uh, shot one on Monday with a gun, got up, flew away, shot, missed, uh, hitting a branch, uh, later on the day, Tuesday was straight heartbreak. Um, that was probably when the birds really went into phase two, hardcore lockdown, no gobbles, tough, tough, tough. And as Cliff was saying this, um, he kind of went through those same emotions. So we went one whole day without any gobbling at all. Um, and then this morning we ended up hiking deep into some public land, real deep into some public land, about two mile hike in um, on some birds that we knew were there. Um, and 
we got in there and there was a coyote howling right off the rip. Um, oh. it's pitch black. Um, so it kind of, it really sucked. And I knew it was going to break it for us. Um, I don't know if there's a lot of predators in there, but we didn't have any gobbles in there. Uh, one was way, way, way far off. Um, not even close to us, which we had very high intentions that this was going to work out. Um, totally didn't. Then we, we ended up going to three or four other pieces, hiked around. Um, we went to some AA spots. No, no gobbles at all. Wait, uh, so you guys went to AA uh, meetings? Yeah, we did. <laughs> um, was straight heartbreak pretty much all day, man. We really put the miles on today and uh, couldn't get anything. I mean, we were probably close to 10 miles on the foot um, and didn't, didn't hear a gobble um, until about 1 o'clock. Uh, we went into one spot, knew it was, it was a really good spot. We've killed two birds out of there thus far. Um, and we went in there with the hopes, high hopes. We knew there were some more birds around. Um, we got set up. Uh, I had my little brother with me, um, and Captain Mike was with us. And uh, my brother had never shot a bird before. Um, so he was pumped, man. He wanted to do it with a bow. And we kind of told him, like, listen, we get it. We understand it. Nobody wants to kill him more with a bow than I do. But grab the shotgun, shut up, and follow us in the woods. Yeah, get it. Um, get one under your belt. Shot. Yeah, and especially where we were hunting. I mean, it, it, it was, you know, in the running gun situation, with the woods being the way that it is, with a bow is just not going to happen. Right. Um, so what we did was I ended up going in there calling um getting a gobble knowing that they were coming we had those guys set up um but what it is is it's real like rough cut and it's real like it's it's tough to set up where we want to set up so you have to set up back more and it's on the edge of public so we're actually calling the birds off of private onto public so um you guys have been pretty good at that though yeah, we're nasty at it. That's my thing, man. I'm known for that. Bird um, Just no. Hey, mind your own business. Uh, just, I mean, we know where they are, man. We're just hunting the food source, bro. Just just leave it at that, all right? We're hunting the food if, source. If I had that option, I would be doing the same damn thing right now, and you know it. It's 100% legal. Everything we're doing is 100% legal. As long as they put their foot onto state land, it doesn't really matter. Anything goes from there. So, anyways, the... I had to go up to the to the boundary line, but on the boundary line, it's really tough to sit, man. And we don't want to be shooting on a public on a private land, anyways. I mean, it's just not ethical. It's not cool. Fuck that. We're gonna do it the right way. So we'll get up to the border there, um, and I'll call and I'll have the callers back or the sitters back, right? Um, with the decoys about seventy five yards off of it. So what I do is I get up on the line, I call. I wait for him to gobble and then I start working my way back and then I sit behind the call behind the shooters. So now they're looking for me and then they get it before they get there. Right. So this time I hit the call and I hear a big bird and I'm like, all right, cool. Perfect. He, 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 he gobbles right away. I'm like, all right, here he comes. He's going to, this is going to be quick. I hit the call one more time. I get three responses but they're half the distance of where they're supposed to be. <laughs> so I drop to the deck and I'm like, fuck, what am I going to do? So I tell, I text uh, Mike and I'm like, dude, do you have your call? 
He's like, yeah. I'm like, hit your call. So, cause I want him to call from behind me because I'm like, I can't make it back there. Right. So he starts calling and I'm like, and they gobble and I'm like, nope, I can make it. So I end up going, I get behind him. I didn't even make it to a tree. I'm just laying on the ground, just completely <laughs> flat out on the ground. And here they come, dude, they're hard charging and I can see them. Now I'm seeing the white heads and everything like that. But I can't see my brother is in front of me in a big tree and I can't see directly in front of him. So I can just see one and he's hammering, he's hammering. He's like 30 yards out from him. And I'm like, all right, shoot him, shoot him. He's starting to go to the left. They're trying to come up to me um, because I'm a little bit higher than them. And they want to come in on that straight line. So they start to go up and I hear boom and I don't see anything drop. That bird is still alive. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And I don't know that there's three birds at this point. Yeah. And you're not so, going to lift your head. No, I'm just like, all right. So he shoots boom. And then I see one running and I just see it boom. And it just drops on the ground. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened up there? I'm like, Justin, did you miss? Mike's like, no, we fucking doubled up, bro. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, yeah, we doubled up. He goes, your brother laced the first one and the other one was running away and I smoked him. So my brother shot his was like 20, 25 yards. And Mike, fucking Hail Mary Mike, pulls it out again. <laughs> 45 yards, dude. He rolls one through the thickest of thick, dude. Took down a one-inch sapling and, <laughs> nice. and still was able to drop down his bird. So... Successful day, man. Everybody was pumped. It was the first one for Justin. And uh, yeah, man. Oh, and that, sweet. That's awesome. And congrats, Justin. That That's freaking cool. Nothing like your first bird. Yeah. And everyone was kind of giving me shit. They're like, Trevor, I don't understand. That's a shitty brother if he, if he just shot his first bird. And I'm like, <laughs> listen, mind your own business, okay? None of your I'm staying out of the family matters, man. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so... No, it was a good day over and all, man. We've been we've been very blessed. Um, we've taken some really good birds this year, and we've just had some very good success. And uh, I hope that it turns up just a little bit more, man. So yeah, we've gotten right. a lot of people on birds this year, and and that's just that's successful in itself, right there. Oh, definitely, yeah. And I, from what I'm hearing, it's starting to kind of turn here finally. Birds are uh, getting off the hens and starting to do a little more search and destroy. So the old boomstick's coming out. I'm gonna yeah, return you, back to the uh, the property that I had you guys on. Now that they should be freed up, and uh, I look to go absolutely lay hate on some birds. Man, you know, and we're getting into that phase two lockdown or phase three lockdown. It's it's getting tough here. Um, the gobbles just aren't where they're supposed to be. I mean, I don't know. The next couple of days are gonna be kind of tough for us, and I'm fixing to leave. Um, to go to Maine. I'm going to go camping in the Allagash North Woods um, for a week. Go get you um, some man, moose bone. Yeah, so. My man. That's going to come in, in a kind of a bad time, but it is what it is. So, yeah, well, enough right. of us, man. We've had some really crazy conversation, but let's get to an even crazier conversation. <laughs> I don't know if it's as crazy as it is motivational. Like, you know, Cliff is, Cliff is somebody that, I think that everybody should definitely go follow and and watch. Uh, Cliff is a very inspiring person, somebody that definitely is somebody that that really needs to be. It, it, he's here for the right reasons. Yeah. Um. And Cliff's a good good dude. So I want it, you guys to go and follow him. Everything he's doing is to learn. 
So if you guys follow along with him, you're not getting the, hey, this is how I do it and this is how you should do it stuff shoved down in your throat. You're getting the, I'm trying to figure this out and this is the advice I'm getting. I'm going to try it. Or he's asking experts, you know, what is your opinion and how would you go about it? That's the information he shares. And that's what I love about it. Absolutely. Well, first off, I got to thank a couple of people before we get too crazy and off on this you bet. crazy tangent. Um, first, I want to thank Nor'easter Game Calls, nor'eastergamecalls.com, Mark Buzzle up at Nor'easter Game Calls, um, giving it out. And uh, someone pays it forward. That's the man that pays it forward. Um, constantly doing giveaways. Sorry, dude, I got the hiccups. For oh, some you're reason. good. Well, well, speaking of Mark, we also got to congratulate him on that beautiful double. Yes, it was first double ever. Yeah, that was sweet. So that congratulations to Mark on that one. Um, but NorEasterGameCalls.com, make sure you get over there, check them out. Um, we got the Prospector series, the the box calls still, the little cluckers. Um, there's a slew of things there. Make sure you go check them out. He's coming out with new things every single day. Um, definitely some badass stuff. Also, we're going to have the Crow Call giveaway. That's either going to be released by now or will be released, therefore, shortly after. Um, so stay tuned for that one. Broadside Camo, broadsidecamo.com. Use promo code Outdoor Drive. Um, get your Ascender Series, your uh, Versa Light Series, which is a reversible series. Um, but make sure to use promo code Outdoor Drive. Also, Wicked Twisted Bowstrings, wickedtwistedbowstrings.com. Use pr- promo code Outdoor Drive 10, capital O, capital D, capital D 10. So make sure you use that. Get Jillified, get your custom bowstrings um and the uh they have a little bit of a giveaway so you can get over there on wickedtwistedbowstrings.com and check that out you can order everything on there online this is a new website um colors everything so it's all there so go and check them out also deathwish coffee deathwishcoffee.com promo code outdoor drive um fueled by death fueled by death cast with the amazing jeff so make sure to Tune into him. Amazing Jeff is, uh, if you haven't listened to that podcast yet, you really need to. Uh, Fuel by Deathcast um, is a is a, it's a crazy off the wall podcast. It's not only about coffee, but about being fueled by death. So make sure to go and check that out. Also, DNM Custom Arrows, dmarrows.com for all your custom arrow needs. You name it, he makes it. Um, he brings some crazy stuff to life. So go and check him out. DNM arrows.com. He's on Instagram, Facebook, so on and so forth. And soon um, to be elsewhere. Yes. Soon. If not already, I, I don't think it's dropped yet. No, but, I, but it's going to be, I'm on pins and needles. I can't wait. Soon. It's, it's definitely cool. Um, the one thing that we ask everybody, um, if you're listening to us, if you could, on, especially on iTunes, if you can go over and give a five star review, um, a five-star rating and a review of the podcast. Um, that goes miles, and um, it works with us, and it's something that you know we just ask that you could do for us. Um, that and just share, um, if you're on Spotify or Stitcher, um, just share the podcast on your social media, and we'd, we'd greatly appreciate it. Make sure to tag us in that. It's going to help us grow, help us bring new content, better content, more specific content um, across the entire outdoor industry, not just hunting. So 
Yeah, and it, and it helps us. It helps us get our word out there, man. So for us helping you, if you could just do that little bit and help us, um, and it'll bring more things for you, like giveaways, so on and so forth. So if you guys can go and give a five star review, um, and just kind of spread the word, the word of mouth of the podcast would mean the world to us. Well, so. what you think, man? You ready to uh, take this jaunt down the uh, proverbial memory lane? Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's get him on. All right, let's roll. <laughs> nice shot. Here comes a shooter. Shooter. Big buck. Stack, stack, stack. Right, we're back on the line with uh, Cliff from Urban Archery NYC. What's up, Cliff? Well, it's good, man. Man, it's been a long time coming, dude. <laughs> yes, sir. So glad to have you on, man. Thanks for taking the time tonight to hang out with us. No, nah, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate y'all. And I just want a, a huge congratulations for you on on your first turkey, bro. I mean, I just I can't I can't resist to hold that back. Yeah, dude, so stoked <laughs> for you. That's awesome. No, I appreciate that. Appreciate that. It was just a a day where, after uh, hiking miles for that way, it just happened to end just right. So I'm real stoked about that. Finally, you know, getting my first kill period not only is a bow kill but just a first hunting kill so mad hype man you you kind of went backwards you you took the hardest bow hunt you can do and started with that that's <laughs> awesome well i mean i i went deer hunting last year but i didn't i i guess for all intents and purposes i didn't necessarily do it the right way but i'm just now with the way everybody congratulating me on this um turkey hunt I didn't realize that turkey hunting was the the hardest of the two, no? Oh, yeah, big time. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, and you did it no blind either, did you? Yeah, because yeah. when, when, the, when the gobblers came up on us, um, we didn't have enough time to set anything up because they were loud and they were close. We Maybe like two minutes before that, we were like, all right, we're going to set up here. But before, like I said, we could even drop any of the gear. We just heard them loud and clear. Knew they were close, ducked behind a wall, and then, you know, it just went from there. Yeah, let's not get too deep into it. <laughs> we <laughs> save a little bit first. first. I love it. But before we turn the key, man, and really get this thing underway, why don't you tell everybody who you are, where you're from, and what you do, man? Um, all right. My name is Cliff Cadet. Um, I'm from Queens, NYC. Um, you know what I'm saying? The, the capital of the world. <laughs> big apple but, right um and you know my by career by my job i'm a ups driver but um you know on the low well not on the low anymore you know i'm an aspiring bow hunter um you know started this little brand urban archery nyc um you know podcasts when the hunt calls all basically all in an effort to show 
you know what's going on out here in New York. You know, saying that there are hunters out here, there are hunters in um, urban areas, and um, and uh, hoping to educate some other new hunters along the way. I mean, man. So everyone can obviously tell that you're obviously walking a little bit out of breath, whatever I mean, the case he, may be. He's doing the big city thing. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you, you guys are. You guys are catching me on the way home from work, and I basically I, I do a little four mile hike every day, so two miles to work and then two miles home. Sweet. So, and where I was going with that, man, is that you're constantly on the hustle, bro, on all the time, no matter what. Every time I, I I see you, talk to you, whatever the case may be, whether it's on social media or over the phone, man, you're constantly on the hustle, bro. You don't stop, uh-huh. man. You're just constantly doing something. And and watching you grow over the past couple of years, man, it's just been it's been totally inspiring for me, man, to just to see you grow and come come up in this and and what you're doing, bro. It's 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 incredible. Um, and then for you to finally, you know, get the kill and and your first kill, and it was just it's just an amazing thing, man. You're really you're really going somewhere, dude. Nah, I appreciate that, y'all. And and fun, uh. Fun fact: My uh, my um, alternate Instagram account, my personal one, is C Cliff Hustle. So <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. funny because I started um, with a buddy of mine. Um, uh, another side note is um, I'm an avid runner, right? And um, a couple of years back, this barbershop on my old route that I used to deliver to called the Hustle Barbershop sponsored me for the New York City Marathon. Awesome. Um, yeah, and. Uh, so we started a whole run crew and everything. Shout out to Run Hustle Run Crew. They, they, chances are they're not going to listen to this, but uh, <laughs> what do you call it? Figure I'd give them a shout anyway. Of course, Definitely, man. But, um, I, I appreciate the kind words, y'all. So, I mean, how is it living in the big city? I know with everything going on, it's obviously been crazy, and you've, you've obviously been on the ups and downs with everything with the pandemic and everything like that, but, like, What's it what's it like being, you know, an outdoorsman and avid bow hunter and an avid shooter and living in the big city? Well, let me put it this way. It's um it's a bit of a challenge, not not only because I live in a big city, but because, you know, I'm pretty much middle aged, you know, I'll be forty four in a couple of months. <laughs> um, you know, I'm a husband, I'm a father, um, and you know what I'm saying? And it's just like for, for me to have decided, you know, last year, I want to go hunting and tell my wife that, you know, she looked at me sideways, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> all right, is this, a, is this a, a midlife crisis you're going through? You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, this is um one of the reasons why I even named my podcast When the Hunt Calls is because that's what I feel like it's been for me. It's been a calling and it's played out in lots of different ways in my life. I'll give you an example, like with my job. I've always been one of those dudes, I can't stand a desk job. Not to knock anybody who does it, you know what I'm saying, to each his own, um, but I can never be a person to sit inside in an office all day. I've tried and it's killed me, you know what I'm saying? So all my life I've always had to take a job where um, even if I am stuck at a desk, it's not for very long. I've always been in a position where I had to move around, shuffle, shuffle around a lot. So seven years ago, I took this job at UPS. And to be honest, I'm like a pig in shit. You know what I'm saying? Um, (laughs) I'm happy being outdoors all all day. I'm in a job where if my my biggest complaint is 
it's raining today or it's cold or it's too hot, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? I, I could deal with it. So um, so that translating into into hunting and being outdoors, it's, it's a no-brainer, you know? Like, I went hunting my cousin last year, and he froze his ass off. I'm like, yo, I eat that. That's what I do every day when I'm delivering during the Christmas, you know, Christmas rush and whatnot. You feel me? <laughs> now, <laughs> in, in, regards to, in regards to it being New York City, um, it was kind of a challenge, man. Um, I guess because I didn't know. I knew of one guy at work that hunted. You know what I'm saying? And um, he was somebody I had leaned on heavily with just picking his brain when I was first buying a bow and just thinking about shooting archery. Then um, then when it came to finding a range, turns out we got like four archery ranges out here in the, um, New York. Uh, two in Queens, one in Brooklyn, one in Manhattan. And there's, you know, five boroughs, but there, there isn't a range in um, Staten Island. And I don't believe there's one in the Bronx either. So um, let's see. I guess after that, it was just trying to find people, you know, like me, you know what I'm saying? That, uh, that were all about archery at first and all about hunting. But like, as, it, as with like, just about any endeavor, any activity, first thing you try to do is you try to seek out people that look like you, um, you know what I'm saying? So originally it was all about, yo, I'm looking for black hunters from New York, um, you know what I'm saying? Where y'all at? It was like crickets, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like crickets. Then I'm not going front. I had kind of adopted this um, this angry black man attitude. You know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, the hunting industry doesn't accommodate black folk. Um, the hunting community doesn't engage black folk. And to be honest, I had to call myself on my bullshit because what it turned out to be, and I still stand by now, is that it's a lack of of um people from urban areas within the hunting community you know what i'm saying because coming from new york i didn't know about i mean i knew there were like woods and stuff like that way upstate but going into this now about a year i'm only now learning about you know public land that's about an hour from my you know from my hood from my block and i'm like this is ridiculous i could tell you right now some little kid in the hood um, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, it don't matter. They don't know about this. And it's ridiculous. Because growing up, even well, even now, New York State does this I Love New York campaign that's always trying to promote things in and around um, New York State. But I used to look at that as a kid, even look at it, those, uh, those ads as an adult and be like, that's a joke. Um, that's not anywhere I could go. You know what I'm saying? So I'm kind of my, I'm trying to, trying to make it my mission to let people know like this is available to us you can go there i can go there it don't matter whether you want to hike bow hunt fish whatever it's there for you you know what i'm saying dude that's badass and, and that's what we really need is more people putting out more information the way that you had to go out and search it out you know so you're hitting a whole different demographic of not even people that we can't say they're ignorant they literally have never had the opportunity to know. Exactly. I mean, it's just awesome. So, Thank so you, what man. kind of started you off in this journey, man? Like, obviously, you know, for forty-three years or forty-two years, you you didn't you weren't a sportsman or an out, an outdoorsman. So, what 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 was that click in your head that made you like, 
oh, I need to do this or I want to do this or that drive, I guess, that would that want that got it started for you to become an outdoorsman or a sportsman. All right. So um growing up, um I have a cousin, um his name's Junior. It goes by the name Junior. And um he and I grew up like brothers. Um and growing up, you know, we used to play around, play pretend and stuff like that. And one of the things we used to always pretend was that we were shooting bows and arrows. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not going to lie, like a little hood kid, like little hood kids we were, our bows and arrows that we made, we made, were made of wire hangers and rubber bands. Oh, right? yeah. So, <laughs> so, we're running, so we're running around the house, you know, trying to shoot uh, sharp pencils at each other with these little <laughs> homemade uh, bows and whatnot. <laughs> yep. So, so it's, uh, it's always been kind of like a, a childhood fantasy, if you will. All right. And then... Um, Fast forward like all these years, my cousin, um, as kind of an activity that he and his daughter could, you know, share together, he took her to get her own bow. She got a recurve. He bought a compound bow for himself. And I was like, damn, I want to do that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, and it's all these, you know, memories of what we used to, what he and I used to do as kids came flooding back. And then one day, I remember maybe about a week or two after my birthday in 2017. Um, it was like we happened to be in a big box store. He was picking up some accessories for his bow. And no pun intended, I pulled the trigger on it. And I bought this, um, you know, this package bow. Came with everything on it. You know what I'm saying? Four pin sights, stabilizer, you know, the whole nine. I bought the, uh, the case for it. Bought a set of arrows. You know what I'm saying? And just, you know, made it do what it do. But I'm not going to front um, like, a, you know, a little kid on Christmas Day, you know, after about a week, it kind of just sat in the corner. You know what I'm saying? Like I shot maybe once or twice for the rest of, of 2017. And then that was about it. Then um, 2018 rolled around. Um, I kept shooting off and on, you know, figured out where the ranges were in my city. And then, um, you know, shot there. But it wasn't until... Late 2018, I started getting serious about it. I started hearing about these one-pin sights because uh, I really wasn't that comfortable with the four-pin sights. So I heard about one-pin, switched to that. Um, I bought a bag target, um, started shooting in my mother-in-law's driveway. And that was from like Christmas 2018 into the new year of 2019. And then it was literally uh, January 2019. And I was like, yo, um, I'm... I started going on social media, Instagram specifically, and um, that was right around the time ATA was happening. And I was seeing all these posts about ATA. I was seeing all this gear. That's where I learned who um, Dudley was. You know what I'm saying? Learned My who, boy. Um, yeah, yeah. Learned who Cameron, Hain, Cameron Haynes was. Learned who Steve Ranella was. Like that. Um, and it was literally, I'm not, I'm not playing. I think January 15th was when I was, um, when I first started the uh instagram account i want to say and decided i wanted to hunt and um that's it man i just haven't looked back since that's awesome man and 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 with that i mean going into it it obviously is a nerve-wracking thing right because you don't really know where to go what to do how to do this so what i guess for the newer hunter out there, like what was that first leap? Like, what did you do to learn about it? You know what I'm saying? Like, like take that next step to become a hunter and become, you know, 
Like, where'd you go? What, what was your outsource? Um, all right. So from there, um, I forgot who it was. I can't honestly credit any one person, but um, I learned from someone about uh, the fact that if you want to hunt, you got to take your hunter safety course. So I, that's when I learned about um, what a lot of guys refer to as DNRs in New York State. It's uh, the DEC, Department of Environmental Con Conservation. Right. And um, so I learned about that, checked out the website. Um, and I thought I was like, damn, I don't really got bread to be spending like that. Um, how am I going to take this course? Come to find out it's free. Mm -hmm. So that was um, that was a huge plus. So um, I took my well, I registered um, because kind of um, what happened is that in New York State, the at least near New York City, the hunter safety class and the bow hunter safety class are offered basically few and far between. So it's that was just my next thing was just taking that class um, so that way I could purchase tags once the season came around. And um, in the meantime, all I was doing was soaking up as much information from as many people as possible. And, and what were those outlets that you were doing to soak that up? Um, all right. So. We had podcasts like, um, who, who was it? Um, it was podcasts like um, Working Class Bow Hunters, podcasts like the previous project you were on, just like you're doing now. Mm -hmm. um, what do you call it? Um, Wired to Hunt. I in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying Sorry. nothing. I ain't saying Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and, you know what's funny was prior to wanting to hunt, I had never listened to a podcast ever. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I started soaking up a lot of information. So like, let, let's let's throw out um, working class bow hunters, for example. I learned a whole lot of information, especially when it came to terminology. Like when it comes to, because you know those boys are out in you know the Midwest, so they talk a lot about um, food plots and minerals and stuff like that. That's nothing that I can translate into anything out here in New York. But right. I was picking up a lot of terminology through those guys. And other podcasts as well. Then I, I started soaking up um, meat eaters stuff. A lot of meat eaters content is on, um, what do you call it? Is on Netflix. So I was watching Steve Rinella's show and getting familiar with that. Um, I started watching a lot of John Dudley's content in order to get familiar with, like, because at, at the time that I was uh, learning to shoot, I took a lesson or two at the range, but those ranges don't offer, like, at least not for adults like actual coaching or training or anything right. like that. No, so funny enough, uh, that's actually how I found you around this time was mm -hmm. you were putting posts up on social with hashtag knock on and hashtag school and knock. Yeah. So that's when See? I started getting on with you. Yep. And that's, and that's when I found Dudley and I was like, all right, I got to work on, you know, my form. I've got to do this. I got to do that. And then, um, from there, I was. It's funny because on my old route, uh, my that I used to deliver on, um, one of my customers was cool about me keeping my target there and my bow there, and they'd let me shoot my bow during lunch. So awesome. like almost, so like almost every day during lunch, I was shooting my bow and trying to implement everything I was learning through through social media, through through Dudley's um school of knock stuff like that, um, and just like I said, soaking it up. I I bought books like I was reading um. Ah, uh, what is it? It's like a a bow hunter's um like handbook and stuff. Uh, I right. forgot who put that out. So I had that book. Um, I was just 
basically soaking soaking up as much as I could from anyone that I could. Anyone who was willing to answer my questions on social media, uh, basically help form what I'm doing right now. And and it's really important. And, and the reason I ask this is that there's a lot of us like myself, like Steven, who were just around it forever and understand mm-hmm. the terminology, understand the talk, understand, you know, somebody had taught us this. And, and where I was going with it is that you didn't. And that you had to go out and search for it on your own. And I think that there's a lot of people out there that that need that out or need that, you know, that word of advice or that push forward or that place to find, you know, that next step for them. Um, and that's why I asked, because it's, it's it is really important, man. And that and I think your project and what you're doing is not only on the urban communities, but on the newer hunter. And I think it's something that's very not, it's not touched because in the world of, of, you know, social media, there's, it's very easy for, like I took, you know, like I talk about all the time is the keyboard warriors, the bashing, the social media mm-hmm. bullshit. And it, and it stops the, the new hunter who's maybe not a confident person, you know, to be able to ask those questions and do those things. Wait, you mean which, archery talk is not a good resource? <laughs> no, man. You know, and Bosight, and there's a million and other ones, man. I, I grew up in the forum world, and people ridicule people very badly. Um, you know, like asking about arrow weights and so on and so forth. And that's something that I don't even know. Like, I have to ask Steven that shit most of the time. Like, mm-hmm. what what arrow spine should I be using? What's this? I don't know that stuff. But if I was to ever ask that on a forum, it would rip me up one side down the other. Well, yeah. you know? <laughs> you, but you know, you know what's funny is I, I totally feel you because um I, I went to Archery Talk and looked at message strings and I was like, mm, I ain't messing with this junk. You know what I'm saying? Like I was just watching it and then I just did my best, honestly, to and and take it with a grain of salt because it's social media, you know what I'm saying? So I had to pick and choose. You know what I'm saying? Who I wanted to reach out to. So it's I did my best to try to get a kind of social media vibe from people to be like, all right, this dude's not gonna make me feel like an idiot for asking this question. Right. You know what I'm saying? And 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 that was basically it. I did my best. And if somebody wanted to help me, cool. If they didn't, I just kept it moving. Well, that's that's something that you learn in the hood is the judge of character. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's got a point. Be like, I'm wait, be like, wait a minute. Use a cop. You a yeah. cop. You trying to set me up. You know what I'm saying? But I needed to laugh. That's all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, but tr- truth be told, honestly, also, it's I'm a real trusting person, in all honesty. Um, sure. you know what I'm saying? And and I'm not gonna front. I've been burned, you know, numerous times. You know, saying people either let me down or don't turn out to be who they at first seem to be. And it's always been my wife, you know, God bless her, because we're coming up on our anniversary this week, as a matter of fact. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Thank you. Um, who's she's kind of like she don't play. You know what I'm saying? So she'll <laughs> like I could I could like you see how we're cool right now. If she meets you, she's going to look you up and down sideways till till she's got. You know, I don't know what it is, her little juju going on that she'd be like, all right, Trev and Steven, they cool. You know what I'm saying? But me, I'm kind of like, when I first meet you, I'll give you a pound like, you know, we've known each other for 20 years. 
You know what I'm saying? And and mm-hmm. then I'm good with you till you, you know, screw me over. But my wife, not so much. So I've I've learned to kind of from her to kind of, especially in this industry where not for nothing, there's not that many brothers, or at least there's not that many brothers on social media talking about what they're doing in regards to hunting. And most of the brothers that are, are usually in like, uh, you know, they on that celebrity status. Like, um, right. what's his name? Um, Trent Cole. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Uh, then you got Corey Anderson and you know the the mma fighter you know saying like those brothers are putting content out there but like they're up there they're already used to being in the limelight yeah nobody's gonna talk shit to them anyway exactly unless they want to get punched in the mouth or sacked like you know what i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) so that's pretty pretty much what it is no it's 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 just crazy though and and you came up in it man and, and you really made a stamp bro like seriously and and it's really cool to watch now the podcast grow as as you know your hunting career had grown or your shooting career and now it's your hunting career man and you put in a lot of time and effort and learning and and understanding and then it finally it became a success and yeah. i could only imagine the emotions and the feelings i mean i know firsthand because i got a phone call but yes just <laughs> the, the craziness that had obviously been going through man so i mean it what better time than let's break into it how did this all how did this all occur where did how did this happen man lay it down for us first i got there's a little backstory you got you got to understand that you trev your name rings bells and opens doors for people whether you believe it or not all right so um i got a shout out thank you anthony thank you no no doubt no doubt (laughs) i got a shout out i got a shout out anthony bamback all right anthony is the assistant director of a wildlife management program at um anglefly preserve out here so the last year um i've been struggling to find you know land to hunt that's close to home so now that area, that county in particular is called Westchester County, and it's an hour or less from my house, right? But all the feelers I put out, all the testers I put out in the last year, nobody want to open up about, you know, the public land hunting out there. Come to realize, you know what, it's that, it's that um, you know, age-old story. Like, you guys know, a hunters that don't want to give up their spots. Because mm-hmm. I'll even go so far as to tell you, when I took my hunter safety class last year, um, I took it out there um, in that area. That's where I took the class. And the two instructors lived in that area. And I asked the instructor, I was like, listen, looking at, you know, the DEC map, um, you know, this is a bow only property. Um, what what public land is out here available for me to hunt? Both of them were like, no, nah, there's no public land out here to hunt. And then come to find out a year later, there is, I was like, you sons of bitches. You hear what I'm saying? If I see them again, I'll call them that to their face. Oh, yeah, Yeah, of course. So so now fast forward to about maybe two months ago, um, you know, from when I took, I'm sorry, I took my hunter safety last year. Fast forward to two months ago. um, What happened was this dude, Anthony, reaches out to me off the strength of you, Trev. What happens is you happen to have, you happen to have had, um, I think, shared one of my stories or shared something, one of my posts on your account. Right. Yeah. And what I happens remember that. is, yeah. And so what happened is, Anthony is a huge fan of yours. You know what I'm saying? So he saw you post, because prior to that, he had never seen any of my content. I don't know how, you know what I'm saying? He doesn't follow me or anything like that, but you shared something of mine. He happened to see it and he saw the name. Wait a second, Urban Archery NYC. What's this? And 
he clicked on it and came across my page and my content and you know and he reached out so him being the assistant director of this uh program he was like yeah he goes um i've got access to almost 600 acres of you know this wildlife preserve you know you want to hunt it i was like hell yeah where were you last year you know what i'm saying um and so the goal was you know he would mentor me a little bit and um you know based off of a a kind of a bow shooting um assessment you know skill assessment in September, I would have, as long as I saw, show I'm proficient in shooting my bow, um, I'll be allowed to hunt that property come October. Um, so that was the plan. But um, I knew turkey hunting season was, uh, you know, spring turkey was around the corner. So I hit him up about a month ago and I was like, listen, what are the chances of, you know, moving up this skill assessment so I could hunt this property, you know, come spring? He goes, unfortunately, they don't open up the whole application process until September. But he was like, yo, I'll show you around the property and take you on, you know, your turkey hunt, show you the public, the public land around the area that's literally adjacent to the preserve. So I was like, bet. So two weeks ago, we met up early on a Saturday morning and we walked the preserve. We walked the public land around it. Um, I got to see, you know, turkey sign. I got to see some real deer sign, you know, saying um, not just you know scat but actual rubs actual um hoof prints um and then he was like listen he goes i had to i was supposed to go hunting you know saturday he goes but those plans got canceled you want to come out with me i was like hell yeah you know saying so uh opening day for new york state was may 1st friday may 1st he and i literally met up um friday i mean saturday may 2nd um so the plan was earlier that week he would, you know, go to the property we were planning on hunting and uh, try to figure out where the turkeys were roosting. Unfortunately, because he's in the police academy, he's at, you know, he's at the whim of his instructors and stuff like that. He couldn't get out early enough to do that. So Saturday I met up with him about 3.30 in the morning um, and we were literally just going to go to some spots where he literally had success, um, you know, turkey hunting. So we meet up, like I said, 3.30, maybe 3.45 a.m. Um, we get his gear together. Um, he's real cool about sharing his gear. So he had a stake blind, um, a couple of decoys, three decoys to be exact. We hike a couple miles into the into the public land, um, set up shop. Um, we were all set up by like 5 a.m., you know what I'm saying? So we're sitting, uh, you know, on our asses against this tree stump, uh, this wall, this camouflage blind in front of us, three decoys out a good 20 yards ahead of us. And then we're just sitting there enjoying the woods, man. Um, the only thing we were worried about was the wind was howling, man, howling. So I asked, you know, I asked him, I whispered to him, I'm like, with it being this noisy, are the turkeys going to be able to hear us calling? He was like, goes both ways. He was like, they might not hear us calling. And he goes, even if they hear us, we might not be able to hear him respond. You know what I'm saying? So we're sitting there, five o'clock. Um, sun up was a little before six. So at about five forty-five, he starts hitting the box call. Um, hits the call. Um, and like immediately after hitting the call, wind is hitting. And so we hear nothing. So we wait, you know what I'm saying? About we what we kept doing, the the plan was about every 15, 20 minutes, he'd hit the call and um and then we'd wait to hear a response. Um, about an hour, maybe 45 minutes to an hour pass. 
nothing, nothing at all. So he and I spoke for a little bit and we were like, you know what, let's pack up and we'll switch this up to a running gun. And that's just exactly what we did. Packed the gear up, uh, switched it up. And so hiking through this uh, property, let's see, we're hitting the call about every 15, 20 minutes, nothing, no response. Now, as the sun got up higher and higher, the wind died down. So we were like, all right, that's good. No, almost no wind. You're hitting the call every 15, 20 minutes, no response. We come across another another hunter who's running and gunning himself, and he confirmed exactly, you know, what we had been thinking is that there were no turkeys around, or if they were around, they just weren't responding. So um, Anthony and I were kind of disappointed, but we were like, all right, we had taken this one trail into his spot. We decided to take another trail out and just hit the call every 15, 20 minutes or so on the way out. So we're walking this second trail, right, heading back to our cars. Out of nowhere, we hear some goblin. We're like, yes, yes, all right, finally, some action, right? He hits the call. They respond, all right? But where we were walking, like this, all the property up there is like, it's crazy hills. If, if you if you want to call them hills, maybe I would call them mountains because those suckers were hard to climb. So <laughs> we're walking. The Rocky walk- too, right? Yeah, exactly. So we're walking at the low end, and we got like, these two hills on either side of us. So you know the way the acoustics work in, in places like this. You don't really know when the sound's coming at you. You can't really tell what's it bouncing off of or where exactly it's coming from. So we're still walking the trail, hitting the call, you know, chatting these gobblers up. When out of nowhere, one of the things I should actually I should have started with is this property, this public land, has trails that are opened up to hikers. You know what I'm saying? So... This woman, about 8 o'clock in the morning, comes speed walking through up from behind us like nothing. Like, hey, good morning. We're like, hey, good morning. And she walks off in the direction of where we believe these gobblers are, right? And she disappears. He hits the call five minutes later. Nothing. Nothing at all. We keep walking, hit the call again. Nothing. No response like before. Only thing we could assume is that this lady basically, you know, was speed walking right through, right to where these gobblers were and scared them off. And now they were basically, they were shy and they weren't responding. So we were a little pissed off, but we like, we were like, you know, it is what it is. This, this land is, it's not ours. It's public. It's literally, it's literally public land. It's open to everybody to hike, bird watch, hunt, whatever they want to do. So we head back to our cars. He's like, all right, you know what? Let's hop in our cars. Um, check. Well, I'm going to take you to another, another piece of public land. So we hit the second piece, get there, start hiking in, hit the call every 15, 20 minutes, no response. All right. We're like, all right, let's get out of here. He took me to a third piece of land, um, spent about 30, 45 minutes there, hitting the call every 15, 20 minutes, no response. And at this point, like, I'm not going to lie, Anthony's confused as hell because he's like, he doesn't get it. He's taking me all to spot to all these spots that he's had success before. And he's just like, yo, where are these turkeys? He's like, did something spook them or what? You know what I'm saying? So finally, we hop in our cars. I follow him to this fourth piece of land. Now, this fourth piece was cra- like crazy hills. You know what I'm saying? So it felt like I was climbing Mount Rushmore or something. But um, we get we get there and um, we climb this hill and whatnot. He's hitting the call, no response. There's also, uh, the other thing is, there's these stone walls about maybe two or three feet tall all over this public land, like going every which way. It's ridiculous. 
So he had hit the calls as we were hiking up to his spot and we got no response. So he's like, you know what? When we get to the top of this hill, we're going to set up. We're just going to stay here. He goes and just spend the rest of the day because hunting in New York State, spring turkey hunting goes from, you know, sun up to 12 noon. So he was like, by that time, it was probably after 10 o'clock. You know what I'm saying? It was about maybe 1030 or so. That magical Whatever. moment. Yeah, is it? Well, at least for well, us. That's a magical was. time. Yeah, that's is a magical it? time. Yeah. Nine o'clock, they start dropping their hens about 10, 10 to noon. It's like when we could only hunt till noon here in Connecticut, 10 to noon was hot. I mean, that's, that's I kill yeah, probably kill a lot of birds. Of birds. Yeah. yeah. See, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. So, so it's after 10, and he's like, when we get to the top of this hill, you know what? We're going to stay here and just, you know, set up the blind, set up the decoys again. And just chill, you know. If if any if worse comes to worse, we're just enjoying the time out in the woods. You know what I'm saying? So we get to the top of this hill, and before we can indri- before we could even drop the gear, yo, mad loud. Oh, you know what? Before I even go there, I'm sorry. I gotta add, I could have sworn as we were walking up the hill that I was hearing gobbles, because what was happening was this public land was adjacent to some residential property. So I don't know what they were doing, but they were running a chainsaw and they were running a wood chipper, both at the same time, right? But even over all that, I could hear some gobbling. At least I thought I did, but Anthony couldn't hear it. So we'd stop and I'd be like, you hear that? And he'd be like, nah. I'm like, all right, maybe I'm just imagining things. So we continued our hike up. We get to the top of the hill. We're near this rock wall, this stone wall. And then dumb loud, crazy loud, hear gobbling. And we dropped to the ground like we was hiding from the cops, dude. Like, just like we didn't even get a chance. We didn't even get a chance to um to drop the gear. Nothing. Like, just dropped to the ground and we're hiding up against this stone wall. So, I've got my back. I'm sitting on my ass. My legs kicked out in front of me. I got my back up against this tree with this wall really close to the left of me. Anthony's about maybe four to six feet ahead of me. Probably probably four or five feet ahead of me he's got the wall to his left and a tree just right next to him in front of him so he's got um openings in this stone wall that he can see through and so he hits the call they gobble right back bro it was the greatest sound i'd ever heard you know what i'm saying after (laughs) after hiking as much as we did because we had hiked about anthony's keeping track with his watch we had hiked a little over six miles already that day when we got to that spot wow and um so he hits the call. We get a response. So I'm sitting still as, as still as I possibly can. Um, you know, say my back against this tree. I knocked an arrow, put my bow in this arrow, you know, in between my legs. And I'm just sitting and waiting. So about not even two minutes after he had hit the call on the other side of this stone wall, hops over, you know, another section of the wall, hops over this hen. I'm like, holy crap, it's a turkey. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> she, yep. she she hops over the, she hops over that section of stone wall that we can see, and she cuts right, walks along the wall, disappears. So he hits the call again, right after she disappears. We hear the gobbles, and maybe a couple minutes after that, you know, the, what we thought was what we believe were two Jakes and a Tom come hopping across the wall as well, right, looking for this hen. So basically, while we didn't get a chance to set up the decoys, that hen was probably the best thing for us to have 
seen because we knew these gobblers were looking for her. They had eyes on her and they were looking for her. So him hitting the call, they came across the wall and they stopped short, like just the other side of the wall. And we're about like 40 yards from us. The dope thing was that I knew they were males. That's all that matters to me. I was like, all right, these guys I can shoot. Now, 40 yards is not out of the realm of possibility for me to shoot. It's well within range for me. I could take the shot. But I had Anthony just ahead of me, and I wasn't risking taking a shot without him knowing. So he he hits. No, I'm sorry. He wasn't hitting the call. But this one, um, it was either Jake or Tom. Actually, it was the Jake because of the Jake that I shot. He starts doing what you call, I guess, putting. Right. Yep. Kind of putting out a feeler because he knew he heard the um, you know, he he heard something up here and he's like, "Where's this hen?" So all three of these Jakes are looking at us, um, you know what I'm saying? These guys are looking at us, looking for a hen. You know what I'm saying? And um, and Anthony had kind of like hit the call like light, and um, immediately after that. Two of those gobblers just went about their business pecking at the ground. But this one Jake, I swear, is staring at me, man. He could have been staring into my soul for all I care. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and like I said, Anthony had good cover. He's ducking behind this wall and can just, he's got holes in the wall that he could see everything. And mind you, I'm sitting, like I said, straight up and I could see over the wall. So if I could see this turkey, you could definitely see me. So I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. Then... When he had hit that call just a little bit after that um, gobbler was putting, they came in a little bit closer, a little under 30 yards. I mean, I eyeballed it at about 25, so they came in a little bit closer. Two of them were busy pecking at the ground. This one, like I said, was staring at me, and uh, while he was doing so, Anthony turned around to me and made this motion with his hands kind of like signaling, can you shoot over the wall? Man, I don't know sign language, so I just whispered <laughs> as low as low as I could for him to, but still loud enough for him to hear me. I was like, yo, if you duck, if you drop down to the ground, I can shoot over this wall. I can make that shot. He didn't even respond. He just dropped down to the ground, right? I drew my bow back, and at first it was weird because I was still facing forward. I was like, holy crap, I got a twist to my right. So I pivoted right so I could comfortably draw my bow back, and um, I got the one pin sight so i got everything lined up and uh the green dot on my site i literally popped that up over the wall i drew, basically traced the line along the ground straight up to this gobbler and he happened to turn broadside and once i had that pin on him center mass i just let that shit fly and all i watched that arrow go and all i saw was poof a bunch of feathers and then <laughs> anthony literally jumped up fucking screaming like, oh my God, you made it. You like, like he was like ecstatic that I hit that shot. You know what I'm saying? Then he was like, You okay? You okay? And I was like, Yeah. Then he was like, Oh shit. We realized because the birds started getting up and flopping. And I was like, I remember somebody telling me just last week, like, yo, when you shoot your bird, don't forget to run after him because he could fly away still. And that's what we thought was gonna happen. So he started flying away, but then he just flopped down, maybe about a good 10 yards away from where I shot him. And once he did that, something I had learned just then, I had never known before, is that once a, uh, a male turkey shows a sign of weakness, these other <laughs> these other birds started jumping them. You got a show. You know what I'm saying? It was like it was like a, a turkey version of World Star because they started <laughs> they started coming back and like getting on them, and um and that's when that's when 
Anthony uh, tried to use that to his advantage. He knocked an arrow, and we were trying, and we hopped over the wall. But it scared the, those, you know, those two birds away, and they ran off. And uh. that was basically it, man. I, I got my first bird. I mean, more than anything else, it wasn't even the the kill that got me hype. It was that shot, man. I was sitting on my <laughs> ass with my legs kicked out in front of me. Had to wait the. I had to wait for this dude to duck, and I, I shot over a wall. You know, say at 25 yards, and I hit this bird. And I mean vitals, just straight vitals. I, I didn't hit any meat, just straight vitals. I just, I just, I did everything, you know, I, I remembered everything that I needed to remember from, from the diagrams I could see on, you know, Instagram specifically on, you know, where to aim at on the bird. And I was just happy that I pulled that shot off. And that's it, man. I was just stoked. Right. You were like, you were like a, a, a basketball star right at, at the one yeah. second line, that half court half shot court at line. the last buzzer, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm yeah, saying, yeah. man. When you, I'm like, I'm, I'm on my, I don't, I don't know. I was on pins and needles just listening to the story again. I know it, just, dude. I was, <laughs> like I'm in the background, like wanting to applause and add in like cheers and. I mean, dude, that was badass. It, it was just, you know, what I'm saying after, you know, we have no control over the situation, so it. For it to have gone the way it did, you're saying I I expected it. You're saying like I know that I can go into a situation, or every hunter should at least expect that they're gonna go into a situation that it's not gonna go their way. You're saying because the weather didn't call for that that much wind that day. Because I remember looking looking up at the um at the temperature and everything like that, uh, so I could dress accordingly. And I don't remember anything being said about the wind. So that kind of, you know, that kind of threw us for a loop. But we were like, let's just go for it anyway. That's, you know, Anthony was really cool about having this kind of like no quit, kind of never say die attitude. It was just like, all right, you know what? It's not working here. We're going someplace else. It's not working here. We're going someplace else. And you know what I'm saying? And throughout all of that, I was learning so much. You know what I'm saying? I was seeing a lot, um, learning a lot, and that's it. And it just was... If that last second was just like, listen, we're just going to go up here and set up shop and just stay here for the rest of the day, you know, say the rest of the morning, you know what I'm saying? And it's just as we got there, it's kind of like the turkey gods are like, all right, y'all been through enough. I'm going to bless you now. You know what I'm saying? And and that's it. And it all came together. Well, and that's and it, another big point that I want to point out is look how much time you spend. I know I see you doing it a lot. You talk about it a lot. I mean, you shoot that bow religiously. You're constantly honing it. So there's no surprise when a shot presents itself, you know, you're ready to shoot. But that comes yeah. with all that practice. Yeah. I mean, and it's, why, it's why, why I do it, why I shoot so much. Like, I've gotten a lot of shit from, from people via social media, you know, keyboard warriors, if you will, saying that the reason I wasn't successful last year was because I'm not out there enough. Oh, you, you should, you're just all about archery. You just shoot your bow. And I'm like, you know why I shoot my bow so much? It's because I know I'm not out there that often. And I just want to make sure that when the opportunity presents itself, I'm not gonna, I'm going to be able to take that ethical shot and down that bird, you know, down that, that deer, you know, if, if I get blessed with, you know, a deer in my sights later on this year, I want to make sure that, you know, that once the opportunity presents itself that the the question of whether or not i have this skill to take the shot is not going to even enter my mind you know what i'm saying oh, that's why that's why definitely. when i took that yeah that's why when i took that shot on that turkey i didn't even wait for the pin to rest 
Like I just literally brought it up to, you know, center mass on the bird and embrace and the boom, pull the trigger. Yeah. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's the best part about it. You know, and like the keyboard warriors want to hammer out whatever, let them have it. If you put five, ten thousand shots into a bag, it's all in preparation to be confident for that one shot that counts. Mm-hmm. I would much rather take someone who can go out and I know they've put their reps in and they are confident with their equipment and put them on something over a guy who pulls his stuff out a week before season, shoots 30 arrows, says, yep, the pins are there. I'm good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, and, and, it's, it's, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Go ahead. No, no. It's, it's just, I guess because of the fact I'm, I'm, what do you call it? Uh, from a big city and whatnot, I felt like over the last two, three weeks or so, I felt like I had something to prove. But by the end of that day, I was like, you know what? I'm sorry for dropping F bomb, but fuck that. Nah, man, you do what saying? you want. Here. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was it was one of one of the things like, you know, for any any and everybody listening to this, it's at the end of the day, hunt for you. You know what I'm saying? Because what a lot of people I think gotta learn is that it's when you start listening to those keyboard warriors, then you start hunting to prove something to them and not yourself. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then right. it starts then you start taking the joy out of it. You know what I'm saying? Forget that. Hunt right. for you no matter no matter what it is. Whether you're just shooting your bow or hunting whatever it is, do it for you at the end of the day because uh the it's all about your experience, you know? That's and you have to and you have to achieve your own goals. It's it's not exactly. about everybody else and what what they they think or your standards. And I think anybody who who says any otherwise is is an absolute liar and I think you know, with you shooting a lot, that's a that's a that's a very good thing for you to do because you haven't had that experience for a long time of shooting. So you're learning and you're putting in that time and you're making it so that you have a successful shot when the when the shot occurs. Um, it's 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 very important because what's what are you gonna do? You're gonna go out there and not have shot a lot, and then the adrenaline starts to pump and everything starts to go, and you're not you're not able to make a successful um, good kill then at that point. And yeah. pe- I think more people need to do that. And they don't, you know, people don't go out there and shoot a lot and they don't put in the time and they don't put in the effort to even know their equipment or how things work. And then they get in the tree or they get in, in the blind and they shoot something and then they mess up. And then now they're trying to figure out how do I track this animal? How do I do this? How do I do that? And if you make a successful shot, you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I don't like to go down this road a whole lot, but uh, one thing I want to bring back that leads to that is something we used to do in the military is shoot hours and hours, days and days, thousands and thousands of ammos going through different drills, going through glass houses, going through urban urban situations and developing muscle memory. Because in the battle, you just, you get that adrenaline, that rush, that that sense. And if you don't have the muscle memory, you're gonna forget what you're gonna do. So yeah, you see. That's what it is. What what branch of the service were you in? I was Army. All right. I was in the Marine Corps. And all right, and, brother. Thanks for yeah. taking the oath. Yeah, yeah thank you. You too, for you service, too, man. man. Thank you. And and look, I don't know about the army, but I remember it, at boot camp, you know what I'm saying? Um uh, what do you call it? rifle qualification? It was two weeks long. You spent uh, yep. the first week was grass week. 
you know what I'm saying? That you were out at learning about marksmanship for a whole week before you were even really trying to shoot. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And then you get on the range and you and you're sending those, you know, that that the bullets down range. And I mean, it's it's a lot of bullets, you, you know, you know what I'm saying? You're shooting, but you're doing it, like you said, to develop that muscle memory. So that way, like it's one less thing you gotta think about. You're right. saying when you when so when you're in the situation, it's just like it becomes like breathing. Right. It's a reaction. You don't yeah. even think about it, you just do it. It's your third hand. You know how yeah. it operates. Well, I don't know and about it yours, it but <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I had to. <laughs> you open that door. <laughs> no, but you know, like no matter what, like you. I mean, I don't know it on the way that you guys know it with weapons and so on and so forth in that situation. But like, you want to be able to pick up any type of weapon that you're going to use, whether it's your rifle, your shotgun, your handgun, your bow and arrow, and your your body just takes over and it just does what it needs to do. Exactly. And if you don't know how to use it, then your body takes over and then they fuck it up. You freeze. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. You freeze. Exactly. You force a shot. You forget to look through your rear peep. You put the wrong pin on, you know, because your body's just not toned and tempered to the equipment. And and mm -hmm. that's a question that I'll ask you, Cliff, is when it happened, mm -hmm. did, did you think about those things or did it just happen? And I got to follow up. No, no. It just, it just happened. The only thing, first of all. It felt like forever getting my uh my um what do you call it just lining everything up, but it was really just a matter of seconds. You know what I'm saying? Like you mm -hmm. ever you ever hear how they say like when when you have a, a near death experience, your life flashes before your eyes. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like that. That's what it felt like. Like it was just. It's one of those things. I forgot where I heard it, um, but it was kind of like some kind of um. Uh, what's the word? Damn, it, I'm probably gonna even I'm gonna remember probably at, after we've recorded this or whatever. But it was one of those things where what I tried to do was I tried to each step of shooting my bow whenever I practice, I try to live in each in each step in that moment. It's kind of like, all right, I'm gonna pull the arrow out of my quiver. That's step one, and I just I just live and focus on that one step. Now I'm gonna knock my arrow. All right. Now I'm gonna, you know, clip my uh, um, clip my release on. Now I'm gonna make sure my hand is uh, holding the the riser the right way. You know, what I'm saying the right grip, comfortable grip. Now I'm gonna draw back. Now I'm gonna hold steady. I'm gonna take a deep breath. I'm gonna make sure my my fingers off the trigger. I'm gonna bring the trigger, bring my uh, trigger finger down and smooth, steady motion, pull the trigger. You know what I'm saying? Like bringing it's it's like when you focus, when you live in that moment, like for each step, it just comes together just like and it becomes like just one fluid motion because what is what is it they say uh um ah you know what you guys got me on a freaking loss for words tonight it's <laughs> like right, i, I had right. some like i had some like awesome quotes and shit i wanted to say and now i'm, I'm a babbling <laughs> idiot yeah we, we got a way of screwing <laughs> things up story in my life bro story <laughs> in my but, life you, i could talk but, for hours you put the microphone in front of me and i'm like ah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's if, if there's one thing that i think i tried to do was just it's just each each step i try to live in that moment and just focus on that you know what I'm saying? And yep. then to the point where it just became second nature. Yeah, it's just that slow is smooth, smooth is fast. Oh, motherfucker, that's what I wanted to say. That was a, that's what I wanted I know to what, say. I know what you were looking for. Oh, man. But it's true. And it, it, it applies. And you did that, man. And you freaking, you smoked it. Mm -hmm. And that's what it's all about.
real quick, real quick, just a, a quick side note, just for all you guys listening, I am a Christian, but me being a Christian means I know I'm a sinner, so you're going to hear me drop F-bombs on the regular. <laughs> all right? Just putting that out there. Speaking of, um, why don't we go into, you know, when the hunt calls, man, and, and what that project is and what you do and, and so on and so forth with that. All right. So um, when the hot hunt calls is is my podcast, um, I was kind of inspired by guys like yourself, honestly, um, you know, you doing what you do, you and Steven doing what you're doing, you know, with the outdoor drive, um, uh, you know, Mark Kenyon, the, you know, all Kurt with um, working class bow hunters, um, you know, hearing all of this and then hearing I listen to Rogan as well on the regular. Um, so it's funny. It's it's. There's maybe five podcasts I listen to, you guys and you guys included, along with Rogan. Only five podcasts I listen to. And um I appreciate that. I was man. inspired. Nah, no worries, brother. I appreciate you guys putting out the content you do. But um Rogan was I remember one episode, he was telling I forgot what celebrity it was he had on, but telling him like, yo, go do your podcast. Like he encourages people to just go out there and do it. And truth be told, I started I want wanted to do when the hunt calls since I think January, but I kept putting it off, putting it off. Cause I was like, Oh, I don't have the equipment. I don't have a studio. I don't have this. I don't have that. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. And, and I was like, I, I researched, you know, how to record with my phone. And, and that's exactly what I do. I record my, my podcast from start to finish on my phone. Now, the whole reason be behind putting, um, putting out, you know, this podcast is there's a lot of people I want to learn from. You know what I'm saying? And I figured, why not just get them on the podcast and I'll just grill them on the podcast? Because 99% of the time when I'm interviewing somebody on my podcast, I've got a pen and paper right next to me and I'm jotting down notes. Not notes for for questions I want to ask, like follow-up questions I want to ask. Legitimate notes like, All right, I got to look into this when I'm done. This is something I need to read. This is something I need to watch. And it just goes from there. And I'm hoping, you know, my podcast attracts um new hunters and even seasoned vets when it comes to when it comes to hunting as well just to learn what i'm learning you know what i'm saying so yep. all intents and purposes it's just me learning what i want to what i want to learn and hoping that you want to learn it too and learn it with me and that's basically it no it, it's perfect I actually listening to it i've got one guy in mind that uh i'm going to get him in touch with you he's actually going down the same exact journey as you and he's had a pretty rough first month so I'll kick his stuff over. Um, he does follow us. He posts on our stuff. He goes by uh, Forever the Never Archer. Mm, damn, and you could hear it. In, you could hear it in his um, in his uh, username. Yeah, he he's had a rough, rough first month, but uh, he got his first group today. He was finally able to shoot his first group. Bow didn't malfunction for a change, and he's inner city in Phoenix, out in Arizona. Oh, nice. All right. So, and, and trust, he's right up the alley. You guys are gonna click. I'm gonna get you guys in touch. Because nah, he's appreciate right, that. right down your lane. See, and that, and that's what I'm all about, man. Is is the other thing is I'm dealing with also, like I said, I'm a husband, I'm a father. I work fifty plus hours a week. So the other thing is I'm hoping to make, you know, what I'm saying maybe make the journey for somebody else a little bit easier. I'm not gonna say I'm gonna make it a whole lot. I'm not a pro. I'm not a seasoned hunter. You know what I'm saying? But. I have, I've, you know, I've spoken to a lot of people. I can either, if I'm not able to put you on to, you know, where to find the information, I could definitely put you in touch with somebody who can. 
and that's and you know what I'm saying. At the end of the day, I'd love to become a a Google for hunters. You know what I'm saying for new hunters. Definitely, and like I said, you've got like Trev hit on earlier. You've got such a unique experience coming in. You know, you didn't start this young. You started this in the middle of your life. Uh, you're doing this from a place that just people look at you like you're crazy. The only people who shoot archery in urban New York City has to be in a comic book type scenario. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, you really, you have a unique story and a unique background that once it comes out and some of these folks are able to listen, I think you're going to connect with them in a way that, you know, Trev and I's country asses never could. <laughs> See, but at the, but, Go ahead. No, but, but at the end of the day, don't, don't count yourselves out because it's people like yourselves though. Cause like I said, uh, last year I was the angry black dude for a little bit because thinking like, oh, this is, this is, this is bull. They, you know, there's no black people. The hunting industry doesn't address this and that. And I realized, like I said, in my search for looking for people that look like me, I had to, I had to tweak that, that mindset and had to look for people who thought like me or had the same morals like me, as me, you know what I'm saying? And that's why. You, yeah, regardless of where y'all two are from, you know what I'm saying? I gravitated towards y'all because y'all were cool as shit. You know what I'm saying? Wow. We appreciate that, man. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, how well do you know us? <laughs> no, no I appreciate it's, it. It's 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 one of those things, man, that we – there's a lot of people and, – and going back to the social media thing and weeding out the right person and so on and so forth – there, you have to get in with your groups or your clicks within the industry, mm-hmm. right? Because you need to find the people that you click with, right? And you need to yeah. find the people that want to want to help you, and and you want to help them, and work together and make that brotherhood, and and really move it forward. You know, like there's there's and and the people in this industry that I've found. I mean, if you get in with the right with the right people and you hang around the right people, they're gonna really they're gonna help you. And they're going to mm-hmm. guide you. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of, it's like the game shoots and ladders, man. Like you're going to find tons of people that are going to carry you to the top. And then there's going to be tons of people that are just going to fucking break you down and tear you down. And I think Agreed. that's how I think of social media is that shoots and ladders, man. You, you, you can climb the ladder with, with a bunch of people, but there's always that one solid sour apple that's going to ruin it for you man and you just have to you just have to weed those people out and find those people I'm not really sure where that was going i kind of got lost in we hear you because also the other thing it's not even also um you know keyboard warriors to worry about it's also the opportunists you know what i'm saying because mm-hmm. there's been i'm not gonna lie there's been a couple of maybe a handful of times in the last year that i feel like people have tried to associate themselves with me because I'm a black dude from a big city and that's not the norm within the hunting community. Right. You know what I'm yes. saying? So they're like, Oh damn. All right. He looks like he might, he might rise to the top. Uh, let me, let me, let me, you know, rock with him. You know what I'm saying? And then those people I had to, you know, cut loose too. You feel me? So, Oh yeah. It's yeah. And, it, but it, it shouldn't have to be like that. You know what I'm saying? It's, it should that everybody should you know, work together and help one another and, and move forward and, you know, you know, constantly help and talk. And I just, I don't know. We have that relationship, me, you, Steven, we, we all have that relationship of like, we're going to help one another, but there is those sour apples in, in the batch and they, they want it because of the Insta, the Insta famous people, 
You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And they they just I don't know. They just make a bad name for it. They really do. Nah. I I, I hear you and it's funny cuz um I think my biggest my biggest uh fear and stuff like that is people believing that that's what I am. Like I'm looking nah. to be insta famous. I'm like, "Listen, I'm not getting paid off of this." Um, you know what? I'm pissing off my wife because <laughs> you know what I'm saying, I'm doing all this extra stuff. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. I'm like, nah, it's it's not about that. It's literally the truth is I can't get out to hunt as often as I as I would like to. You know what I'm saying? Because of my um, you know, my family commitments, because they come first more than anything else. You know, other people, other hunters are because they grew up hunting or it's something that their spouse knew they were into when they first got into the relationship are able to do but not me it's like i basically you know how you have the weekend hunter you know the weekend warrior i'm like the every other weekend warrior you know what i'm saying (laughs) um and it's like do i do i wish like my wife was into it cool but i don't i don't spite her for not being into it do i wish my kids um you know would get into it yeah but you know what i'm saying it's Hey, it's still plenty of time to, you know, to go down that road. But I think it's the, just at, the beginning for you for that. Yeah, for exactly. That exactly. That path, man. It's it's yeah. just a beginning. So what did your wife say when you shot your first turkey? Um, to be honest, we we like I you know, I'll put it out right on Front Street. Um, like we we've been going through some stuff because of the amount of time she feels like I put into this. You know what I'm saying? Because like I said, because I don't get out to hunt that much, um, I do what I can, which is being on social media. Because you could do that from your phone or from your mm-hmm. house, and it, you know, or record a podcast again from your phone, from the comfort of your own home. You know, saying so because of the amount of time I dedicate to that, it kind of it kind of puts a little, you know, a little stress on the relationship. But luckily, you know, with a lot of prayer and a lot of communication between us, we're getting, uh, we're getting uh, through that. And um, I know I'm gonna sound stupid, but what was the question again? Oh, <laughs> uh, what, what was her what was her thoughts when you actually were successful and oh, was able to to kill? Okay, so she was happy for me, but it was kind of like bittersweet for her. You know what I'm saying? Because part of it is I've I've been honest with whoever whoever's willing to listen. I didn't know if I'd be able to kill that turkey. You know what I'm saying? I still don't know if I'm gonna be able to kill a deer, and not because of whether or not I'll be able to make the shot. But because truth be told, like when I have that animal in my sights, I might not have the heart to pull the trigger. You know what I'm saying? To be honest. You've never been in that situation. So you don't know. Exactly. Exactly. And I've told people that I'm like, yo, listen, when that when that animal's in my sight, I might not have the heart to do it. I'll be honest with you. Um, I was able to do it with the turkey. So it was kind of like I said, bittersweet for her, like happy that I, I was able to make the shot. And um, like I said, we were going through a little something last week and whatnot. So I didn't necessarily get to tell her the story. So the whole thing is I didn't actually tell her exactly what happened until Sunday, the next day. We were sitting and talking. I was like, listen, you're the person I wanted to share this with before anybody else. But I knew you really didn't want to hear it. I was like, but truth be told, I was like, for me, it wasn't even about the kill. It was because for me, the story I wanted to tell was about that dope ass shot that I made you know what I'm saying? Right. And I was like, I, and I told her, I was like, as my wife, I was like, I really want to tell you and share this with you. And so she actually sat down and she listened. Now, the other thing that she was kind of happy about, for me, it's not about the trophy. Um, out of everything from that kill, from that turkey, um, the only thing I kept was that meat 
and the beard. That was it. I gave Anthony everything else. Cause um I was like, here, take the fan, you know what I'm saying? Cause I really I live in a small two bedroom apartment. There's really no place for me to be put mounting this up and hanging it up on the wall. And it's not anything really my wife or kids will want to see. You know what I'm saying? So I literally on the side of a, the road, I processed that turkey, took out the turkey breast, took out the um the legs and the thighs. Then Anthony was like, oh, what do you want to do with this? I was like, you know what? I'm going to take the spur. I, you know, I took the spur. And he go, and the fan, I was like, dude, I was like, if you want it, it's yours. It's the least I could do, you know what I'm saying, for, you know, rocking with me the whole day the way he did. You know what I'm saying? So that was basically it. So my wife was kind of happy that, you know, I brought the meat home because at the end of the day, that's that's what it's all about for me. Yes, sir. Granted, she's she's not gonna want to really try it, even though it's you know it's actual meat. But the fact that I brought home the meat and not the feathers, you know what I'm saying, not the fan and not spurs and and stuff like that, she understood that it's not all about the trophy for me. And the same is gonna be about like you know when I harvest my first deer. Like I've I've done the research and I found places that I can donate the deer to because I know my wife and my kids aren't gonna want to eat the venison, and that's gonna be a lot of meat, you know, what I'm saying for just me. Mm-hmm. So I know I found um processors that I can donate the meat to. What well, that processors that are part of a a food bank program that literally I just dropped I uh you know field dress the deer, drop it off to them. They'll get me. They'll give me the back straps and the rest of the meat goes to the food bank. You know, what I'm saying to feed people in need. Awesome. Also, one other thing, uh, keep an eye out for places that uh, contribute to Hunters for the Hungry. Yes, that's another program that um, that Anthony and, you know, the the wildlife preserve in that area, they participate in as well. Awesome. So, Cliff, man, we got one question and one question only, and that's what drives you outdoors, bro? I've been waiting for this question all night. Oh, because <laughs> and, and truth be told, like I thought about it honestly, and it's what drives me outdoors. Honestly, um, are people like yourself, like you, like Steven, like your whole clique. Um, you know, say Ghost Hunter, um, Modern Assassin. Um, what it is is when I switch my mentality to to search for or gravitate towards like-minded people, I came across people like yourself who are all about the camaraderie. Um, like the hunting is a big part of it, but the camaraderie, the friendship, the the sharing of knowledge, that's what drives me. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, because I'm not able to get out to the field that often, it's always for me, it's about my my hunting education. And people like yourself, like the both, like I said, like the both of you guys, you're saying people, uh, your stuff like your podcast, it what drives me to be as as good as I can be, as good as uh, as ethical a hunter I can be, as knowledgeable a hunter as I can be. You're saying you guys are always challenging me to become the best, uh, the best version of myself, the best hunter I can be. That's amazing, man. Thank you. I really appreciate that. that, I really do, bro. Yeah, that was real deep. I really appreciate (laughs) that, man. God. You know, and and that was... We're already there, so we might as well just make it. Um, (laughs) When we were in Harrisburg, dude, and you said something to me, and it's something that's always stuck with me, is you're like, bro, I never thought in a million years that I would ever look up to someone of your age. And 
it was something that like I took to heart, man. And I think about that all the time. And it's just like, it's really important to me that you said that, you know, and it, and it means a lot that you said that to me, you know, and that, I don't know. It was just, it was just fucking cool, man. It, and that, it really was. No, because at the end of the day, truth be told, if somebody's coming into this brand new, regardless of the age, you know what I'm saying? It's not anything that um they grew up with. They got to come in on some humble shit, honestly, because you're going to come across a wide range of people from, you know, all walks of life and background, you know what I'm saying, who have the knowledge and not only it, not only race or economic background, but age as well. And that's the thing is... um. I didn't gravitate towards you because, you know, you was a young cat, you know, in this game, um, but because you were just cool and you were willing to share the knowledge because from the rip, you, I think I reached out, you, reached out to you on Instagram in the DMs and I think on the first or second day, you were like, oh, here's my number if you need to hit me up. And I was like, I, I was like, this dude don't know, know me from a hole in the wall. He just gave me his personal phone number. You know what I'm saying? And then I, I was like, I was like, all right, and but then I hit you up, and then you haven't been the you weren't you were the first, but not the last, you know, last person to do that. I was just like, all right, this cool is, this dude is really you know cool about sharing information, you know what I'm saying? And that's the thing, um, like I said, that has kind of stifled me a little bit, like I said, because coming across hunters who don't want to share information for fear of losing their spot, you know what I'm saying? You're not like that. Anthony, dude that took me out um last weekend, he's not like that. Like no. he took me to all his spots that he had success in in killing turkey with no problem. And when he was showing me around this uh property the week before that, he was like, Yeah, I killed a deer over here. I killed a deer over here. I was like, listen, I was like, when I'm going out, do you, and I was dropping pins in my map. I was like, listen, I was like, when I'm when I'm going out, you mind if I shoot you a text and just be like, listen, I'm going to this spot right here. Is that cool? He goes, dude, he goes, you don't even need to ask me for permission. He goes, this is public land. Public. You know what I'm saying? Other hunters, the impression I've gotten, other hunters don't do that. No, you public land so, is their land. That's how a lot exactly. of Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, so, and you got to, the thing is, man, it's, it's just all about paying it forward. And Anthony said it most, man, because I, I had said, I had sent him a message and I was like, bro, I said, you know, it's amazing what you're doing, man, that, that you take Cliff underneath your arm and, and kind of guided him in the right direction. And then you guys are very successful together. And he's like, bro, I'm just paying it forward, man. And, and that's, that's, that's what it's all about, dude. You got to help one another and, and pay it forward, whatever it is, whether it's information, whether it's the haunt, whether, whatever it is, you just got to pay it forward and help one another because, you know, we don't all have that chance. There's, there's a lot of things that I do that I hope that I can look up to somebody and have them help me be more successful in this. And, you know, you always, there's always somebody that's above you and you need to hope that they'll do what you did for the person that looked up to you, you know? Yeah, man. And listen, Anthony might kill me for saying this, but he is a huge fan of yours, bro. Like, Huge fan. No, 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 no. Check this out. Check this out. All right. So remember how uh that weekend he took me out just scouting. Oh um, yeah. I text you the picture. He yeah. was like, oh, he's like, take a take, take a picture, take a picture, send it to Trev. <laughs> like that. You know what I'm saying? Like See, that. Those boys, those boys are very cool, man. They reach out to me through one of the forums to 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 talk to us um with the with the prior project. 
And um, they're, you know, with the with the thing that they're involved with, the Westchester bow hunters, um, Anthony and Anthony drove down from Westchester to come down to Mohegan to meet me there and then ended up podcasting with us. And they just they became very good friends from there. Um, and they just mean the right thing. And they're that next generation to open up, you know, the outdoors in their area. Um, exactly. Exactly. They're just good, good dudes, man. They really are. Both of them. Yep. And that's great. Well, I'll be honest, like I, I'm listening to you and going through that story. I'm all amped up again. Like I wish I could erase everything and start all over. Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly, I'm like jacked right now. Yeah. I mean, it's just been so much positivity, so much just beautiful conversation is oh. the only way I can put it. This is incredible. And uh, we're, we're certainly going to keep doing more. Hey, before before we get too crazy and close this out, Cliff, where can everybody find you, man? Um, all right, on Instagram, which is what I uh, mostly uh, post uh, my content, where I mostly post my content, you'll find me at Urban Archery NYC. Um, you can also find me on Facebook. Uh, my main page is uh, you know, Cliff Cadet. You could probably find me, but I also have an Urban Archery NYC on Facebook. I also have a YouTube page. Um, I, you know what? It's it. You guys can go check that out and laugh at me. I had tried my hand at making some instructional videos. <laughs> um, I love and those it. videos are still up. Are still up there. It's you know, Urban Space Archery Space NYC. Um, so there's a couple of videos there. It's funny. I filmed those in a barbershop. Um, the barbershop nice. I told you I started the run crew with, but the sound is terrible because it's so huge and echoes. But um, but yeah, it's and I hope to put out more video content. But at this point, when it comes to the video stuff, I really just want to focus on, you know, learning what I need to learn first, and then start putting some other stuff out there, um, video wise. Uh, um, and I figured the best way I could help, uh, you know, people along the way is through the podcast. So the podcast also is my my other you know, uh, my other little baby, and that's uh, when the hunt calls. Awesome! Hell yeah, man! Well, we're definitely gonna make sure everybody gets that. We're gonna push it out there for you and uh, everyone listening. Please give it a check, give it a like, a follow, a subscribe, and uh, show our boy some support here. He he's definitely doing good things and going big places. And so much appreciated, yo. We're gonna just keep things rolling with you we'll definitely be talking a lot more in the future you know you're not going anywhere so don't think you're counted out by any means ever and if you ever need anything reach back out to us man we're constantly willing to work with you it's a blast i mean without question how much fun have we had just tonight so i got a feeling there's gonna be a (laughs) lot of it (laughs) but uh just thanks for being here. Thanks for giving us your time. And for, uh, everybody, thanks for, having me. for everybody out there listening, man, we really appreciate it. And uh, thanks for taking the ride right here on the Outdoor Drive. Mm-hmm.